so Dylan, I've kept you up very late at night just because I want to hear you talk shit on everybody who was giving Kenny Omega shit for saying NXT was worse than AEW. My favorite part about that was Donovan Dijakovic being like, you remember when my my match with Keith Lee was better than yours at Bolo, like whatever? And everybody was like, oh man. And then my favorite part was Matt Jackson was like, he didn't even wrestle that weekend. <laughs> to Fight Boys. It's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, the man Zack Ryder said the fuck word to, Scotty Moore. I'm the man that believes you deserve to be told that to Dylan. <laughs> and Blake may be here later. We don't know. But as for right now, is this the two-man show? Yeah, Oh, I just, I was like, oh, I would like to see what Zack Ryder's opinion on the Edison at Disney Springs is. My favorite bar at Disney. And I just said, No, hey. it's, it's not your favorite bar. It's your favorite one bartender. <laughs> just like it's my favorite one bar. I, I don't drink there if the dude's not there. That's not your favorite bar then. Yeah, I guess, yeah, in which case, Zack Ryder was right when he said La Cava de Tequila is the best bar. But yeah, I just said, the Edison's better than La Cava, with like three cheeky emojis. At which point, Zack, in all low caps, just said, fuck no. Like, not even in a happy, joking tone, just like, how fucking dare you? Are you a dumb... You look I mean, dumber he, than he, he, he likely had a lot of tequila at that point, Scotty, I'm... <laughs> Sure, he didn't like you know, whatever. Yeah, he was he was firmly like, how dare this little ginger motherfucker who doesn't even live in Orlando come at me with this knowledge? Woo woo woo! You don't know it. How about that? So wrestling happened this week, and it it was it just kind of happened. Like usually there are weeks where I'm like good wrestling or bad wrestling. This week I'm just like. Kenny said some shit, and a lot of people got mad, and the OC now have terrible theme music, which, I'm, have you heard it? Because it's not no. good. No, I yeah. haven't. <laughs> not, not even, not even gonna lie to you, I, I have not. It came yeah. out yesterday, and people were like, oh man, rip, the, rip, like, rip whatever in the sky, and I was just like, you know what? I don't need that depression today. I'm just going to focus on the fact that uh, I focused on the backstage segment where freaking um, Gallows called AJ a mother lover. And AJ was just like, AJ was in the zone giving a promo. And I was like, I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to focus on the good brothers. Let me put it this way. Their theme song is so like bit crushed and weird that I watched a video of someone, like, someone filmed their TV, and I wasn't sure if it was the TV that was fucking up or the actual thing. So I I went back to the DVR version, scanned through to find it, and went, oh, no, the theme song actually just sounds this bad. I, I mean, they they might fix it. They've done that before. But, like, listen, no matter how bad it is, it'll never be as bad as Joe's first song. Like, nothing... <laughs> That shit's on, like, this level. Actually, no. If you count the fact that they put, like, like Japanese chime, whatever, at the front of Hideo Itami's, that's that's the worst because it was racist. Yeah. But, like, like... I don't, the, I don't know. Joe's was... It wasn't racist, but it felt racist, if that makes sense. Well, no, because like, he... Considering he had a, had a history where, like, he had an entrance where there were actual fire dancers and shit. Like, like that's... That was more like, hey, I'm embracing Samoanness, which is like a bigger part of their culture. Whereas like the other one was, hey guys, uh, we just want you to know this man is Japanese. We just really felt you should know yeah. that. You were all wondering what kind of Asian? Here you go. Like that's that's what that felt like. That's different. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, Joe's theme was like, the Godzilla shit cranks up and everyone's like, oh hell yeah, Joe's here. And then, well, my name's Samoa Joe and I came to say, got <laughs> a muscle bust in a major way. Like, wait, what did you guys just do to him? Why would you do this? It was nowhere near that bad and I need you to calm the fuck down. <laughs> 
It did. It had that kind of pulp fictiony beat. So, Seth and the Fiend. It's getting worse and better at the same time, and I don't know how I feel about it. Because apparently, the best thing ever, and I sent it to you guys, ever happened, which was they went a step above what they did last week. Because last week, The Fiend just crawls up to Seth and he looks a little bit scared. This time, I swear to God, Fiend crawls up and Seth goes, (laughs) It starts like a baby crying. Dude, dude, how many times have you fake, like, screamed in your life? It's not, like, the easiest shit to get down. Why don't you focus on the better part, which is that The Fiend took down Braun fucking Strowman, which oh, is the yeah. biggest, like, like big dick energy move you can pull in, in WWE right now outside of choking out Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite is the fact that he took down Braun, goes to stare at Seth, and then Braun starts getting back up, and like a fucking snake just recoiling and attacking, he just shoved his hands at Braun's mouth again and was like, taking him down! You're going down, son! I do miss the sister Abigail just because it was impactful. Um, yeah, but I'm I, I I'm, I'm kind of glad that he has this one because it's more of just like a forceful like fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you no we're not stopping no <laughs> ref better ref better get over here this shit's going down yeah it's it's a lot more sociopathic than a sister Abigail which is just a slam this one's a I'm putting my hands in your mouth like a nasty pervert and it's gonna hurt a lot and I'm stealing your soul now. <laughs> So, weird question. So, he disrupted the match this week. There's, for some reason, a match between Seth and Rey Mysterio next week. Yeah. Um, are, we, are we just setting up a fatal four-way so that The Fiend can, like, lose but not lose? That's what a lot of people were theorizing online. Because someone put, like, a, the picture of the fatal five-way and went, in case you're wondering why this is happening, it's so The Fiend can interfere next week, make it a triple threat, and then Seth can pin somebody without it having to be The Fiend. And I went, oh, no. Damn it. Or he can, or The Fiend could pin Rey Mysterio, and then Seth doesn't have to look like the bitch he is. Yeah. Just, just throwing that Which, out there. Uh, Seth did some... Like, he had a promo this week where I was fairly sure he was turning heel, even though he wasn't. Because he was just whining the whole time about, like, am I happy I have to face Rey Mysterio next week? Yeah, he's a fucking legend. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm real worried about the fact that I gotta go face off against the creepy clown in the big scary cage. And I don't like it, and I don't understand what's going on, and it was just... It, I think a few, probably about a few months ago, you brought up the fact of, like, Seth always is just going to sound like he's whining, and it's never come through harder than in that promo he cut. And I think it was right before he went out to face Braun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it's, um, why does this say Goldberg slash Ziggler? Oh, are you talking about the show notes? Yeah. Because, apparently, Dolph Ziggler was at a porn star's birthday party in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's... And got and got into a filmed altercation with Bill Goldberg. The bigger question was why is Bill Goldberg at a porn star's birthday party? I don't know. I think he. I think he was at a party for like some UFC guy that was happening somewhere else. Ran into Dolph, and as much as they want to be like, as much as Goldberg, who posted it on his own account. Uh, wants to be like, oh man, he's such a dick, and this definitely wasn't worked at all. You know that he just saw Dolph and was like, hey, come here, let's shoot a video for the internet. Also, let's let's try to not pretend that D- Dolph Ziggler, and I believe like twenty years younger than Bill Goldberg, and I, I believe has a legitimate like collegiate, yeah, wrestling background, wouldn't whoop the shit out of him, but. <laughs> He's like the one collegiate wrestler WWE didn't decide to just toss a singlet on and get to work. Because all the other ones are like, you did collegiate wrestling? That's going to be part of your gimmick forever. The key, is to, the key is to stop at high school. I think that's what he only did high school because him, like, Woods, Cody, Cody Rhodes, like, they hadn't made it far enough. But if you did it in, like, college of the Olympics, man, you better get you better get used to that singlet riding up on your junk. Yeah, how you feeling, Chad Gable? What's up? How you doing? Hey, 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 he's in shorts now. He he got shorts and a haircut. He looks great. Yeah, which uh, 
By the way, this is a curious question. How fucking tall is Chad Gable? Because he doesn't seem short, but they I guess Vince was just like, it'd be funny to make fun of the short guy. He's 5'10", Vince. He's so fucking short. Look at him. I mean, how how tall is Daniel Bryan? I think Daniel Bryan is probably shorter than Chad Gable. Hold on. Uh, on-scene reporter Scotty Moore currently looking up Chad Gable height. No, no, no. Look up, look up Daniel Bryan's height. That's way more. Here, I'll do that. No, whatever. You can. Um. Oh shit. Uh, Chad Gable is five foot eight, so he's a little bit shorter than Blake. But when you consider the fact that Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin are both six foot eight. And that he is an entire foot shorter, it does kind of call some things into question. Oh, hey, Daniel Bryan's 5'10". Hey, I'm Daniel Bryan height. Oh, by the way, the, by the way, the the yes is back. Uh, you don't even have that in there, man. You fucking suck at this. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, Debra, D- like the, the yes chance got going. Uh, he was like, he was like, I only want you to say one wire. Like he egged the crowd on to, to doing it, but he's still not like buddy, buddy with Roman Reigns. Um, but I'm really digging, I'm really digging the fucking like band t-shirt fucking like, like camo pants look that, that the bludgeon brothers are now rocking. Yeah, like, I, I don't know why, but for some reason I'm just like, I dig this aesthetic. This looks like two guys from like a bar in my hometown just came out and were just like fuck these people and just started whooping the shit out of them yeah cause wasn't uh Rowan was wearing a fucking oh shit what's their name kill switch engage yeah he was wearing a kill switch engage shirt tonight and everyone was like CM Punk return confirmed I was like <laughs> oh fuck damn it just, just all of a sudden you no if one of them wears a living color shirt that's where you know it's like oh shit it's happening yeah. Oh, in case you're wondering how big of a CM Punk mark I was, like, back when he was big, I went to a Killswitch Engage concert literally just to hear them play This Fire Burns, and they didn't, and it was the worst night of my life. <laughs> it was a whole lot of me being like, these people seem very angry. These people seem very upset. I'm just waiting for CM Punk's music to hit. I've never been, like, sadder that I know you. <laughs> But yeah, no. So so Daniel Daniel Bryan's back on like he's tweener now, which is weird because yeah. like his Earth, like his like Captain Planet save the Earth shit was like top tier gimmick for the year. And the fact that they're abandoning that so he can go back to being a white meat baby face because Roman Reigns needs a partner and they failed to build anybody else up on that br- brand as like a plausible like baby face outside of Kofi Kingston is perhaps the saddest thing like. I'll hear, I'll, like, deal with this week. They have yeah. several bad guys. They have several heels. There's a there's a whole, like... Actually, no, well, they're not that Kevin. Many. They've got KO. So they've... Yeah, Kevin's Kevin's busy suing freaking uh, Shane McMahon. Oh, they have Nakamura. Nakamura is, is fucking killing it uh, this week. Yeah. Did you see that? You saw the gif of him with Sammy, right? Where he fucking takes out, like, uh, I think it was AJ, with, like, a, a knee on the on the apron, and then the camera cut, you just see, like, Sammy's head going back on, ah, as he, like, walks, like, past the camera. It was perfect. And he would have thought they set that shit up. It was amazing. <laughs> He did it so high pitched. Someone on Twitter put it was uh, it was that exact clip with the audio, and it said when Mario falls into lava in Mario sixty four because Sammy's voice goes so high pitched. He's just like, Hi! like okay, yeah. So, so Nakamura's there. Nakamura's killing it in his weird jump. I don't. I still don't know why he's wearing the bodysuit. He, he doesn't look that out of shape. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. Oh shit. Uh, speaking, and it feels racist because it's a Japanese wrestler, and that's the only reason I thought of this. I'm shocked I forgot to put this in the fucking notes that Liger apparently is going to be going see, going to see the Joker movie soon. Because holy shit, that was the dopest New Japan moment I've seen in a very long time. Was Kishin Tiger or Liger? You you didn't know about that? That that's... I didn't know. 
That shit's been around for 25 years, on and off. No, you know, I'm not a big Liger, Mark. Like, I, I know him, and I know he's, like, a big deal, but I'd never really delved into his match history enough to be like, oh, also, if he if he gets disrespected, he turns into a giant evil demon monster and starts killing people. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, if you just search around on the internet, or if you just stick around the internet long enough, they'll eventually bring it up, just because I think it was... Freaking some other time when Suzuki Goon messed with him. Like, I think it was uh, Taka and uh, fucking Taichi uh, were taking the mask off, and it turns out, hey, Keishin Liger, and he just fucking blew mist in both their faces and fucked him up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it gets to be him versus Suzuki. So I get, th- I get that match before he retires. I still don't know who the fuck's going to retire him at, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. That's going to be a real weird thing. Jay White. <laughs> just make the entire internet mad, Jay White. No, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe it'll be Chase Owens. That'll make people way angrier. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. In the chat, FMA brings up the fact that after he revealed himself, he just tried to stab Suzuki. A metal spike. Oh, it was a dope spot because not only does he come down for the stab, he goes through the table. And it, I don't know why. It was a great visual representation moment. It was a good picture. Yeah, but that's going to be cool. So we get one last, one last bit of that. Uh, I think he... I forget the, he's he, oh he's wrestling Takamichi Noku in Taka's uh, new promotion that he's running. That's why I haven't seen Taka on TV in New yeah. Japan. Uh, well, after his whole adultery scandal, um, which makes me sad. Uh, <laughs> he was the best hype man for fucking Zack Saber. Zack Saber Junior.'s whole losing streak is because Taka wasn't there. Like I'm convinced. I'm no curious who's going to retire Liger though at this point. I've got no fucking clue. Um, the consensus is El Fantasmo. Yeah, I would like that. I think I'd like that a lot. Yeah, New Japan's real big on on that lanky motherfucker. On ELP? Yeah. Yeah, baby. Um, so, speaking of, of New New Japan, um, Ren Narita and uh, panty dropper shooter Uno are, uh, is, uh, are going on excursion. Uh, Ren's, apparently, like, there was a whole thing where he asked... Um, holy shit, why can I not remember... God, that's going to fucking haunt me. Wanted to go to the L.A. Dojo and, yeah, yeah. like, freaking asked for... God, I, why can't I remember the... like? Describe him. Describe the person. The, I'll the dude that headbutted Okada so hard that he actually got brain damage? <laughs> Fuck, hold on. I will Google this. Shibata. He he went up to Shibata. God, He's that's a fucking referee! <laughs> Do I look like I give a shit about the JWF? <laughs> I haven't won a match in fucking months. I don't care. Um, but yeah, no. So he went up to Shibata because, like, the LA Dojo guy won, uh, which yeah. is uh, like got, uh, pretty much unheard of in uh, in uh, um, like Young Lion Cup thing. Uh, but he went up to the uh, like Shibata. Was like, okay, train me because apparently you're doing some shit right here. Uh, and then Shibata is getting or no, uh, fucking shooter is going to be dropping panties over in the UK because he's going to Rev Pro. Uh, oh which, hell yeah! Which would be good with him. Uh, I really hope he he adopts like the Death Rider gimmick. Like he gets his own leather jacket, and it's just like this weird. He's like the shadow of of John yeah. Moxley. That'd be that'd be dope. Because uh, Hikaleu is still over in Rev Pro doing. I don't even fucking know what. Like I don't I don't pay attention to that company as much as I should. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so th- those two went out. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, some of the other people should be coming back soon. Uh, one guy that went to, I forget his name, it, which was, it's disrespectful. He, he got sent over to CMLL, and somebody posited that since Tiger Mask uh, should retire at this point, like Liger's <laughs> retiring, and everybody's like, because the, the Tiger Mask, this Tiger Mask has been Tiger Mask his whole career, and he's the first person to not drop the gimmick. Um, but they're like, we need another Tiger Mask. Like, maybe when Ren Narita comes back, I said, no, 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 there's that dude in CMLL who's not that great a wrestler, but he's pretty good. It was like, we could just stick him with the Tiger Mask in it. would be fine. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really waiting. Like, Oka is over in Rev Pro, and, like, I think he's in ROH now, maybe, but he, he's doing some really good shit. He's like, you know the Chinese equivalent of the zombie? Like, like the ones where they just hop forward because they can't walk? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's doing, like, a version of that. As a gimmick, uh, not with that's, the hopping, but like with the aesthetic, and that's like cool, and like doing like a slightly undead. Yeah, I've heard good shit about it. 
So he's going to come back probably pretty soon. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited for the new crop of young lines coming back because I'm hoping it can bolster the uh, flagging tag team division. Yeah, and, and it really can, is. And we can get some some good stuff going there. And you know that'll that'll help build it because everybody's like, oh, there's so much stuff on the roster. I was like, no, 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 no. There's some stuff, but there's a lack of tag team. There's a there's a, like surprisingly a lack of of junior junior heavyweight like stuff. Uh, so it's it's honestly like you know it's a bit it's a bit you know whatever. Also, I mean, that- Moxley Moxley's had the U.S. title for like ten years and it ha- hasn't defended it, and that's oh that's- wait, holy shit, he still has it. I don't know why it's never. I I just kind of assumed like oh he's just in AEW now he's not gonna be involved with New Japan. Oh right, he does still have this title. I mean, come on, like Juice is gonna be U.S. champion again here in a minute, and then Juice can do nothing with it. I, I like Juice, and like the the J- New Japan fans like Juice yeah. Robinson. But I feel like, like in order to make it to the next level of like low mid card to like mid mid card, upper mid card, he's gotta he's gotta turn heel at some point. Like maybe when yeah. maybe when uh, Finley comes back and Finn Juice reforms, they can reform as like hard harder edge. Like maybe like a newer version of when uh, Makabe and uh, Yano Toru, uh, most violent players, was a thing, and they can like oh, adop- I remember them adopt adopt that gimmick or something because it really feels like. You know, fiery baby face is is only gonna it's only gonna lead him so far, and like his his move set and everything. While you know, adequate doesn't scream, "Hey, I like I could do something more than the U.S." Like even him having the U.S. strap, I'm just like, man, Kenny Omega started this thing. Are you really gonna? Yeah, this is where we're going with this. See, my thing with Juice is Juice is a lot like uh, Gallows, and uh, there were a few other guys, uh, Colt used to talk about them, as the guys that would be super over if they just got to be 100% themselves, and that was it. Because I feel like Juice is fucking hilarious. Juice is currently 100% himself. Um, (laughs) You're like, that's the problem. That's the issue with this. Yeah, I need need a slightly more serious Juice Robinson, because New Japan is the home of strong style, and you don't win anything if you're just like hey happy go lucky because look at yano uh yeah. did you watch uh, the live taping of nxt or the live nxt yet no it was i mean it was good like good shit happened like candace Lorray won and undisputed era finally finished their uh, mission to get all the gold uh i'm sorry i'm sorry dripping with gold say it correctly. dripping with gold it was just i i think for me it was weird because it was just like an hour it was an hour and then it was like okay and now go to the wwe network which is apparently how they're going to be doing it and that's such a weird setup for me is all the good shit has to happen in that first hour because that's all the shit you're gonna want people to see so they keep coming back meaning that it's almost like an hour-long dark show that happens afterwards on the WWE Network. Correct. Although, apparently, what they decided to do this week was, alright, it's the end of the dark show, and we've got uh, Matt Riddle phasing off against Killian Dane, and yeah, just everybody. Everybody go out there and start fighting. Everyone on the entire roster just emptied out and started fighting in the middle of the arena. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay this is what's happening then. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, Imperium invaded, so that's that's pretty big. NXT. That was cool. I got excited about that. Yeah, Walter gets to face, I don't even fucking know who. There's really, like, Keith Lee. I want to see Walter versus Keith Lee. Oh, God, that would be really good. Or Dijakovic against Keith Lee. You already saw that match. No, I'm sorry, Dijakovic versus uh, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my B. But, uh, no, I want to... I mean, I know Walter will win because they, like, they just built him up too much, but it'd be it'd be cool. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I, this this whole <laughs> thing. this Just this whole thing, man. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> Dylan's laid back, just like, hey man, look, I'm just saying, everyone on NXT, they would be the, uh, they'd be the dark match on the card where I'm the main event, that's all I'm saying, baby, that's what it is. I mean, that just started, like, the whole thing, and people seem decently happy with it, but, you know, you gotta give it a, a few weeks, see how it, yeah. how it takes over, because, I mean, the, the NXT, like, the production people, they're just starting this, this whole thing's getting off the ground. It's the same thing I say about 
like all the stuff with AEW, I was like, you you realize if you if you go back and like the first year of of many companies is never great. Because yeah. like it takes a long time to get. I know y'all guys are like, here are the things. Why are you not? immediately fixing them i was like because there are probably other things that are going wrong that they also have to fix i i assume it's not a straight a b line that's all i'm saying not not at all but uh, man that that kenny thing and how everyone was freaking out i'm like have y'all been watching being the elite because that's just what he's doing right now and that's it that's the whole thing and i love that he continued it on this week's episode of bte just cutting this uh, man, I'm like a shoot promo. I'm like a, I'm like two weeks behind on BT. It, it's oh, it's really? so hard. It's so hard to keep up with because like, yeah, dude, you need to understand. I've been watching like being the elite since being the elite started. Yeah, like I saw the first episode like soon after it came out, and all subsequent ones past there. That's 170 episodes. I'm now with AEW starting. And like that, there's all this extra content. I was like, this is this is this is too much. This is too much for me to keep up with, especially with TV happening next next week. Yeah, next week. Yeah, next oh, week. Wow, you're right. Yeah, next Wednesday. Yeah, freaking Wednesday night dynamite, baby. Yeah, baby dynamite. By the way, by the by the way, I I know they can't, but I would love if they could take the uh, the black dynamite 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 and just. <laughs> Insert it somewhere in there. Insert yeah. it some Chuck, Chuck Taylor. All of a sudden, a banana comes in the room. Chuck Taylor's like, "Ha ha!" I threw that when I was in the other room. <laughs> Everybody's like, "What the shit?" Yeah. And Orange Cassidy walks in, looks at him, walks off. You know, just just dumb shit. Apparently, I, oh, hold on. You have to you plug some shit. Come on, do your do your shill. Thing. Oh yeah, patreon.com slash a load of BS. If you want to become an honorary fight boy, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS. You get access to our show. You paid for this. You get uh, shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that absolute piece of shit. Ghazi, the Patreon champion of the world, and also you get access to our Discord and a lot of other fun perks at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That was the least subtle plug we've ever done. Usually there's like a nice, but you know what? Patreon. This time we were like, hey, no, fuck it. Just say Patreon real quick because I got to keep talking. <laughs> no, no, I was, was going to be like, so apparently you want to go back to to tweeting it at, at, at Dustin. I've wanted that for a while. I've always wanted... I'm always down to tweet at Chuck E.T. We please don't put this to rest eight months ago. You're the one that suggested it. <laughs> Motherfucker, I was there. Just don't make me tweet Zack Ryder. I, just, I know what'll happen if I tweet Zack Ryder, and it'll be scary. Tweet Shooter, congratulate him on going to RevPro. Tell him to tell him to go drop some panties internationally. <laughs> Yo, at Shoda, go drop them panties internationally. In Hashtag Shoda watch. Shooter watch. Hashtag panty watch. Don't no, don't don't hashtag that. That's <laughs> hashtag panty raid. That's what it is. Oh, you're fucking horrible. Yeah. But now, uh, and someone in chat's already brought up my baby face of the week, so I do have to ask you, what was your heel and face of this week? Which one are we doing first? Um, I could, I'd rather do heel, because I can talk a lot more about my baby face. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my heel is New Japan Pro Wrestling for continuing the, uh, not for myself, well, kind of for myself, continuing the, the idea that uh, being a Naito fan is suffering. Uh, seeing as he lost to, to Jay White, thus completely crushing everybody's hopes that he would uh, walk away as the undisputed like New Japan champion at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, the yeah. consensus is that the first night, um, the or the first night both the IC and like heavyweight championships will be defended. Then the second night, there's like the winner take all match. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what that's what people are like. Oh man, so. Everybody's hoping that there'll be the rematch the first night, Naito can win it, and then parlay that into beating Okada, taking his place as, like, the biggest guy. I don't see it happening, because there's no way they're going to sacrifice Okada uh, being the biggest guy anytime soon. Yeah. You mean the John Cena of Japan? Yeah. No, that was... 
No, that was Tanahashi. So wait, so wait, hold on, is Okada Roman then? Um, if people didn't boo Roman and he, and Roman had, <laughs> Roman had actual character development over several years. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. But yeah, so I don't know. They might, they might use this as the bit where like, this is where we make our second star because, you know, yeah. times, time is running out. Oh, by the way, great, great Naito bit. He and his dad, cause his dad, I think is a retired wrestler. Um, uh, he, his dad follows follows him, you know, to things. Watch his son, and they were having a, a meal with like some press, and he was like, you know, there's there's stuff after you retire from wrestling, and, like you know, your your body's not going to last forever. Uh, and then they pulled the classic Naito move of ducking out of the check and making the press pay for it. <laughs> and the <laughs> fact that his dad got in on that is the most. That was I was like, oh man, I hope he I hope he said tranquilo as he fucking closed the door on his way out. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my heel of the week is whoever in WWE creative decided to let Seth Rollins finally hit a curb stomp on The Fiend. Did uh, because, did he immediately get back up? Well, yeah, hold on. Here's what had happened. And here's what should have happened. Hits the curb stomp, goes to like the uh goes to the turnbuckle to be like, "Yeah, I did it." And then Fiend gets back up and stares him down. And that's the moment where Fiend should grab him and hit Sister Abigail and slink out of the ring. Instead, Seth kicked him in the face, then kicked him in the face, then kicked him in the face again, and then curb stomped him three times in a row, which is apparently Seth Rollins' new calling card. And then, padoo, lights went out, and he, I guess the villainous Bray Wyatt slunk away to the back. Now that sounds that sounds like the way to do it because you have to you have to instill some level of empowerment into the baby face going into this, uh, you know, to make well, no, the this match was believable. A, this was a dark segment, meaning this wasn't for TV. TV, what the TV viewers got was Seth going, ah! but then the people at home or the people in the arena got to see the curb stops. Oh, maybe they were just testing it out to see what the reaction was. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people online were saying, was the fact of, like, we need to test all of these spots to see how much of a reaction they'll get, because if he stands up after it... I don't know why, though, because I don't know who would, like, see the Fiend Undertaker stand up after a curb stomp and not immediately lose their shit. Like, I don't understand why you would need to test out any of that. But... It's whatever, I guess. The uh, the dark matches where people can test out bullshit and just let it happen. But now, on to our baby faces of the week. And my baby face is the biggest shit heel in the entire business. Fucking MJF. Because I have a feeling that whatever AEW was expecting to get next week for their viewers is going to double because of all of the D&D fans that just want to rally around Brandon Cutler and watch him beat up MJF. Holy shit, dude. It's It started with one simple tweet. And it was just MJF jacked his shit saying, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. And then the entire internet had a field day with it. So the the biggest thing about this is that, you know, in true internet fashion, nobody researched who the fuck yeah. MJF was before they started saying shit. They were all just like they were they were all like, "No, I got to show the cause." And I was just like, "You all realize that this is equivalent to somebody like in character like freaking like, like Games of Thrones, like like doing something, and then everybody being like, "Yeah, but that's that's the equivalent of dumb that you look." Yeah, well, I mean, a with bunch me, of marks. I, I tweeted it on our on the Fight Boys YouTube or Fight Boys Twitter account, which was I've never seen a bigger double turn, a Brett Austin double turn than I have with D and D fans and MJF because it started with like. Because I think the first real one was, um, what's the, Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer responded and was just genuinely like, hey, I I guess you had a bad experience in the past of the game. I would love to help you with this game and help you take take you through the steps of it. 
maybe after you get picked up at, off the mat after Brandon Cutler kicks your ass. And I was like, oh, that's the best way to reply to this. But then the rest of D&D Twitter was like, fuck this nerd. This nerd sucks. Oh, yeah, look at how jacked he is. He probably takes steroids, this big meathead. I'm like, hey, guys, stop. Stop. He's already dead. He's just doing No, this. he's not. He's he, he's he's over there, like, lounging in a beach chair being like, yeah, no, keep it up. No. Oh, my feeling. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. that hurts so much. Sips daiquiri. Yeah, my favorite was uh, it was like plans some, to, makes plans it, to go to Applebee's to make fun of poor people. <laughs> <laughs> it was like some, I guess it was like an e girl or something, just like a bikini clad chick who commented and just said, "I play D and D," and he just said, "I'm not interested," and that was the full reply. I'm like, "Oh, thank you, I love you so much, MJF." Like you don't understand. I when we saw him at uh, CEO grabbing some cheese fries the whole time i was like i want to say something just so he'll be mean to me i need him to be mean to me this is what i want you you make me sad inside yeah uh oh in the chat fma's uh heel of the week is brian alvarez for not suspending his disbelief on the fiend seth rollins segment which i didn't see did you see what i don't pay attention to brian alvarez that often because i'm on marco's stunt side you you a you a stunt mark? Is that what you? Is that what you're I'm a stunt call? mark, baby. Baby, so, uh, what, baby. What was your baby face this week? Uh, in the grand scheme of of WWE in the last year, I've n- never seen p uh, a, like a, a set of individuals who have never actually wrestled on the main roster be more over than the Street Profits, like. And the the quality, the quality yeah. of every Street Profits segment. You you see the Street Profits on screen, you're like, this is gonna be good. It hasn't not been good yet. Now they have and now they have their t-shirts, which is like there's a solid 50-50 split in reaction where some people are just like, this looks like the commemorative like photos at a funeral, where they just put some pictures up and be like, Grandma, yeah. we miss you. And some other people are like, this is some three six mafia shit. This shit's this shit slaps. Yeah. And I'm just You mean the difference between the white people and the black people, Dylan? <laughs> That's the difference you just said. Listen, I can't see what the people look like online, can I? <laughs> Yeah. Can't really can't really make them out from there. It's really it's it's so difficult to to see them through mm-hmm. the internet. Uh but yeah, no, I'm freaking like just every every segment with those guys is just the best. I'm I'm so glad they're there. I can't wait till they actually make it to the main roster. That's gonna be awesome. Like as I kind of don't want them to. I kind of want to keep doing like the Hurra Pops where they show up backstage and just talk about shit for a oh, while. Oh, did you, did you see the did you see the bit with the Miz? No, what? Oh, it was great. He's, he was like, I got two big announcements. The first one is that on Friday, my wife Marie's had the second, like my second daughter. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, and unlike Mike Canellis, we know who the father is. And then he makes like <laughs> this look to the, like all three of them make this look to the camera. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a new wall, like a new sidebar image on Reddit. Cause everybody's yeah. like, can I get that? Can I get that? Cause like Angelo Dawkins is making the O face and like Montez Ford is just like, like slight step back, like ooh, you got burned, and then my, the Miz just has this shit-eating grin. It's, oh my god, uh, it was so great. I, like, I, like I said, I can't, I, I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see an entire uh, stadium full of red solo cups that get uh, thrown in the trash immediately, thus polluting the environment. Uh, it's gonna be great. See, with me, I was hoping that, and um, I don't know why I consistently confuse street profits and. Um, Oh wow! I can't even remember their name. The right Viking now. Experience Private Party. Oh, <laughs> what, wait, what were you saying? Uh, so, so you confuse Street Privates with uh, the Viking Experience? <laughs> They're like the same thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. I, I I I compare them a lot, and then they finally decided to give Private Party a segment on this week's BTE, and it was underwhelming to say the least. It was just them doing an Instagram live story with like fake people commenting on it on the side and then being like hey the young bucks suck i don't give a shit and that was the whole segment and i'm like oh okay you guys gonna be heels then i guess i i don't i don't know man i'm too tired i don't 
I don't, yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't watch it now. It's like, I'll start watching it again once it's like a sidebar to what's going on on actual, like, their actual show, which I still don't have a way to watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to pirate it. That's going to be depressing. <laughs> I like watching Sleepy Dylan just quietly be like, ah, fuck, well, I'm going to have to pirate that, and then I guess I can watch BT on the fucking laptop at the same time. I don't know shit, dude. It's it's going to be a rough time. It's going to be rough, rough times. I didn't realize how much I... I was like, oh, man, I'm glad they got a major t- TV deal, and then like it, it took a while for the thought to be like, fuck, that means I can't actually watch the show. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm going to be at work next week, just on YouTube TV behind the register, browsing through. I was like, excuse me, can I have some help? Uh, excuse me, go fuck yourself. Luchasaurus is coming out. <laughs> See this man? This man is dressed as a dino- dinosaur, and he does kung fu. Leave me alone. <laughs> go, go. Listen, I need you to fuck off, then take another step back. Fuck off even further. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading robo penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a Mm -hmm. podcast, I think. And we're just going to be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut BS. (laughs) Good, good, uncut. So, Dylan... We've talked about AEW, we've talked about WWE, you sound like you're on so many quaaludes, so I think we need to cut things over to some people who are probably on some of the harder drugs, to be honest with you. Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF, Monday Night War! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I am your host, Silver Spoon, and joining me as always is a man who's, well, a man who's been on one hell of a search this week. It's Captain Tibbs. I found a map, Silves. I know exactly where I'm going. Right into the devil's gullet. That's right, Tibbs, because of course, last week we saw a horrifying theft in the middle of that ring as the men known as La Flambeau came out, assaulted the JWF champion, and stole that belt right from underneath him. It was horrifying, Tits. Sales, I've never been more terrified in my life, but I have to play it off like I'm not because I really cannot let you see the deep-seated fear that is in my heart knowing every moment that that championship is not where it needs to be and the fact that it might be used to resummon a world-ending chaos threat. That's right, Tim. So, I mean, I guess let's just pretend like none of that's happening and just start off with this match, a match that you made last week as the team of the Canadian crew, Chuck, or uh, Felix Ball and the Lumberjack take on your son, Chuck Tibbs, and the man, the force known as the Dylan. And Tibbs, this is for the number one contendership to the JWF Tag Team Championships. And you know I'm looking forward to it, Sills. I Anytime I see my son, it makes me forget whatever the hell I was just talking about. What were we talking about? Ah, it doesn't matter, Tibbs, but now the ma- Oh, wait a minute. Before the match just gets going, it looks like coming out to the ring right now, coming out to ringside are the JWF Tag Team Champions, the team of Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. Welcome to the announce table, boys. Hey, how's it going? It's good. How are you, Sills? I mean, I, I felt a little... A little violent the way you just asked that, but oh, oh, did it? Yeah, we've we've really heard the way you two are talking about us on commentary, and yeah, you guys, we decided to come out here to make sure that you guys kind of play it easy. You understand? Easy? You're being a little pieces of shit. What am I playing easy for? Oh, wait a minute, Tibbs. 
Well, we're all distracted with the BS in the middle of the ring. Felix Ball with a huge cheap shot to your son, Chuck, in the back of his head, taking him out, taking out the Dylan. And unfortunately, Felix Ball has used this distraction to t- completely level the other team. Of course he did. This is the Dylan and Chuck Tibbs. Each of them, they're not a great team together. However, they even got together at the same point. It, it, it's baffling. Stupid. They never make a great team. That's right. Now the Wrecking Ball using his veteran knowledge, dragging Chuck Tibbs back to the center of the ring and tagging in the Lumberjack who ooh, just steps on Chuck's chest the entire way to that seven-foot red Redwood on top of Chuck Tibbs who's just writhing in pain underneath him. I mean, Scotty, could you imagine pain like that? No, uh, I really couldn't. You want to know why? Because I wouldn't be in the situation that Chuck is in right now. I mean, I wouldn't have let myself get cheap-shotted. I wouldn't have taken a match against someone as massive as the Lumberjack. You see, all Chuck is doing right now is being an absolute idiot. Because, uh... I hate to say it, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, does it, Captain? Well, that was very uncalled for. Oh, wait a minute. Speaking of uncalled for, look at the Lumberjack just picking up Chuck Tibbs and lawn-darting him into the turnbuckle and now bouncing off the ropes, and it's a big splash on Tibbs, taking him out, going for a pin one, two, and oh, Chuck barely raising up the shoulder as the Lumberjack picks Chuck up. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Tibbs. It looks like the Lumberjack's getting ready. Getting ready for the Lumberjack slam, but no Chuck slipping behind, sending the Lumberjack head first into the turnbuckle, and it looks like your son is taking advantage, Tibbs. Of course, Sills. It's a little something called strategy. It's a little something called understanding your opponent. You don't want to fight a big tank like Lumberjack 101. You need to take and find your opportunities to take him out and put him on your level. Which is something that some people obviously don't understand, Sills. Oh, but wait a minute. Looks like that your son, I know you've taught your son a lot, but it looks like he's learned something from the Dylan as he takes the lumberjack, draping each of his legs over each rope in the turnbuckle. And he's backing up, and Tibbs, he's going for it. That move we've seen Dylan do too many times. The sick dick kick. Oh, straight, straight to the center. And now tagging in the Lord of the Smart side, rushing in for a sick dick kick of his own. And now both members of Chuck and Dylan rushing forward and splitting the Lumberjack in two with a double sick dick kick. And let me tell you something, the BS boys, and you want to brag all you want, but I don't think either you'd be able to stand after something like that. No, what? Well, uh, mm, uh, that's debatable, Sills. Oh, but wait a minute. Dylan quickly rolling up the Lumberjack for a quick pin, but Felix Ball breaking it up. Now Chuck. Oh, Chuck clothesline and Felix to the outside, and now it is a brawl on the outside. Felix facing off against Chuck. Dylan trying to lift up the Lumberjack for total destruction, but he doesn't manage to pull it off. And now, oh, oh my God, Tibbs, they've just sent... Felix Ball just sent Chuck Tibbs flying into the BS, taking out the tag team champions. You okay, son? That was really cool, though. All right, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Felix rushing back into the ring to cheap shot the Lord of the Smart side. And now it looks like they're setting up for something big. And... Oh my god, Tibbs, we haven't seen this in ages. The Lumberjack grabbing Felix by the ankles, swinging him around, and Felix Ball has become a literal wrecking ball as he collides with Dylan's body, just wrecking the ribs of the Lord of the Smart Side. Lumberjack going for the... Wait a, wait a minute, wait a BS! The BS! that They've hit the ring! They're attacking every single team in the center of the ring! What in the world are the BS doing, Tibbs? This is uncalled stuff. Fine. All right, hold on. Let me... All right, flip the table, damn it. Give me a mic. Okay, fine. You three, all three of you teams, you want to just go out there and you want to make a mockery of what's happening in the ring. You want to come out here, BS, and you want to you wanna take everything in your own hands? You want to talk shit about me, boy? You want to talk shit about me? That's fine. I don't give a damn. But the moment you disrespect that ring, you disrespect the match that's going on there, even disrespecting 
Felix fucking bald, damn it. I, I will not stand for this. So you know what? If you want to fight both of these teams so badly, then you will be a triple threat tag team match. Yep, there it is. Yep. You know, Tibbs, we really got to put come up with something different. This happens literally every single time we have a number one contenders match. You know, Seth, I don't... I don't know. I don't make the boys. The boys just make themselves. Ah, uh, well, I, I guess so. Well, it looks like we've got our first match set for heck in a sack. As we see the team of the BS take on the Canadian crew and take on the team of Dylan and Chuck in a triple threat tag team match. But forgive me, I'm, I forgot. We do have one other match announced for that pay-per-view. And it is... In fact, involving one of the men that are going to be in the previous match, Blake Tanner. He's going to be pulling double duty as he is forced to defend his JWF Captain's Championship against the man known as the Hammerman. And Tibbs, I know you got to be excited about that match. So I'm always excited when the Hammerman comes in and he gets to pull out the righteous hammer of truth. And the hammers are his legs. That's right. And his body. All right, Tibbs, he's just... all everything, uh, his aura is the hammer. Well, Tibbs, as much as you want to talk about the hammer, man, I'd like to talk about Blake Tanner, a man who honestly, let's be honest, ever since he joined the dynasty alongside Scotty Moore, he's not really had the opportunity to talk for himself, which is why he personally requested a sit-down interview earlier today. So let's go have a listen with my personal interview with Blake Tanner. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this backstage interview. I am your host, Silver Spoon, and joining me tonight is a man who is a JWF tag team champion, a former JWF champion, and the man who is putting his JWF captain's championship on the line against the Hammer Man in two weeks at heck in a sec. Welcome, Blake Tan. Now, Blake, I gotta say, this... I gotta be honest with you, it's strange to request time for this interview. I gotta know what's going through your head right now. Well, Sills, uh, I've been thinking a lot recently. Really, a lot going through my head. We've been utterly devastating the JWF, and I, I just thought that I wanted to say my piece. Uh, you know, you, you've known me for a long time. We've known each other for a long time. I, I think we could speak pretty frankly, pretty freely. Among each other, your interviews are always pretty good. Um, you've called pretty much every single match of my career. You've been there at my best and at my worst. And I just think, I think that you of all people would understand and really, really get my message out to everyone in, in the way that I really wanted to communicate it, to understand what kind of headspace I'm in. And, and, and listen, I... I don't know what to say about this match. It's not about the good guys or the bad guys. I know I've been an asshole recently because it's what has been needed to become a dominant champion. You know what? This match is about reminding people who exactly Blake Tanner is because it doesn't really matter about my decisions as part of the dynasty. I I mean, I appreciate Everything Scotty and I have done as part of the dynasty, I believe that everything we do is in our best interest and in the JWF's best interest. I, I, listen, somewhere along the way, I think that the JWF universe forgot who I was. They forgot that one year ago, just a year ago, I was walking into this very same pay-per-view. I was walking into heck in a sec as the JWF champion. I had that belt, that pure power around my waist, and I was in the main event. I had everything. And they've already forgotten that I held the biggest prize in the business for an entire year. They forgot that I am the one and only JWF Triple Crown Champion. That I have dominated and defeated almost every comer that has tried to take a spot, tried to take my championship from me. I have only been in this business for three years. 
And in that time, I become your triple crown champion, and there was no celebration. There was no words of congratulations. There was nothing from nobody. No recognition. There was no prize. I was ignored. Completely and utterly. But now that I'm part of the dynasty, that will be no more. Well, that's very well put, Blake, but I gotta, I gotta ask, I mean, you know, you have to admit that you are not the only man in that match who feels slighted. You gotta remember the Hammer Man was at one point rejected by the entire JWF. When he returned, he was rejected by his family. You gotta keep in mind, the Hammer Man has just as big a chip on his shoulder as you do. You know, I understand where you're coming from, and I... I really, really would like to believe you. But the Hammer Man? Come on, Sills. The Hammer Man has gotten everything handed to him in this company on a silver platter. You know that yourself. You hear it every single week on the commentary desk, Sills. The Hammer Man walks down to the ring. His music plays. The crowd cheering, or they're not. But no matter what, once the Hammerman shows his damn mug anywhere, you have to hear Captain Tibbs screaming in your ear about how amazing he is. How he deserves to be the champion of the entire world. How he could save everyone and everything. Sills, as much as you want to paint a picture of the Hammerman as an underdog, as much as you want to paint him as somebody who has not had every opportunity thrown and given to him like scraps after dinner, he is the damn golden boy of the JWF. He's the one that's going to get chance after chance after chance, despite how many times he's failed. You know how many times he has failed in just the last six months alone. I used to think I was the hammer man. You know, I used to think I was in that same position. I was the golden boy. I was respected by everyone. I was loved, maybe? I, I don't know. I, but the moment that I dropped the JWF championship, I was completely and utterly forgotten. I was just another member of the roster. I wasn't given any special opportunities. I wasn't given anything. I was ignored, and I was lost into the shuffle. And I'm going to say to you, Sills, I'm going to say no more. I am not going to be lost. I'm not going to be left there. If I have to take my opportunities, if I have to take my chances because I'm not going to be given anything, I'm not even going to be looked at with a second thought, with a hint of respect, then I will come out here and I will show you exactly who Blake Tanner is. I walked straight into hell, and I emerged unscathed for two years. I am the man who is your salvation. I fought off three other competitors at the heck in a sec last year in that hellacious structure, and I am the man who's going to take the hammer man somewhere he's never been before. Because you know what? You don't know what it's like to go through hell until you bring it back with you. And that is a special kind of danger that you can never recreate. Hammerman hasn't felt that. All he's felt is the warm hand of Captain Tibbs behind him at every opportunity, at every crossroads. And when we're in that structure, I will take him away from everything that he has ever been given. Tibbs will not be able to save him. No one will be able to save the Hammer Man because he is going straight to hell. Well, Tibbs, and that was the last words out of Blake Tanner's mouth before he left that room that day. And I, I, I got to be honest, I want to know how you feel about it. I want to know how you feel about Blake Tanner's chances in his third straight heck-in-a-sec match in just a few weeks against the Hammer Man. Oh, Sills, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I, I never thought Blake Tanner would 
one of the greatest competitors that I've ever seen, even dreamed of thinking that he was someone lost like that. And you know what? It's bullshit. I gave him every opportunity. I see his talent. I understand it. But just because you've been dominant doesn't mean you get to get right back at the front of the line. It's just not the way it is. Damn it. That's right, Tibbs. But, I mean, honestly, I do understand where Blake Tanner's coming from sitting down with him today. It helped me see that that side of him we had never seen before. But I think... Uh... Uh... I think that... Tibbs... Tibbs, what's going on? The, the lights, they're dimming. The smoke is filling the arena. What is happening? Oh, no. I, I don't know, Sills. I didn't... I... I didn't know something was happening after that. I thought we were ending the show. Well, Tibbs, it looks like they just these horrifying cloaked figures. They're walking down the entrance ramp. They've got this massive coffin, almost sarcophagus-like, on their back, carrying it down to the ring, and then... No. No, 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 no. Oh, Tibbs, and then there it is. It's the music of the team of La Flambeau, Mojo Gruff, and the Demon Honeypot entering behind this army of druids. Honeypot holding the JWF Championship to the sky, and something about the belt itself looks different, Tibbs. It's, it's blackened. It looks like it's breaking apart. Sales, where's my buck? Where's my buck, Sills? I need my buck. All right. my jet. Oh, God, I gotta stop this. Give me a mic. Oh, no, Tibbs. Unfortunately, them those druids, they're entering the ring, and they're drawing some sort of unholy symbol on the canvas itself around the ring, around the exterior of that sarcophagus. And, and Mojo Gruff, he's got a microphone. No, no, no. Sills, we gotta get, get security. Finally. <laughs> After so many months, so many hours of yearning and crying out to an unanswering God, we are going to unleash our master upon this world and each of you shall bow down to him. (laughs) Now, Now wait just a damn second. Get down here. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, home captain Tibbs has just been blown backwards. He has been knocked out of his chair. And oh my god, Mojo Gruff laying the JWF World Heavyweight Championship in the center of the ring atop (laughs) that wicked looking sarcophagus. Mojo Gruff laughing wickedly as he just leans into the microphone. Such leviathan malisks and all, carnage sacking from all those vaults. Such leviathan malisks and all. God, what's going on? All these, those runes that were drawn on by those druids, they're glowing this horrifying, violent, purple wind whipping around the arena. Tips, what's happening? So, yes, um... So if you guys stop him. Oh my god, Mojo Gruff. Mojo Gruff just floating up in the air. He is levitating. The crowd rushing out of the arena. There's no one left. They are terrified of what's happening in front of him. But no, he shut the doors. Mojo Gruff has shut the doors. We are all trapped in here. And... A bright beam of light just shoots from the sky down into the center of the ring, breaking apart that sarcophagus. Shards of wood are shooting across the arena. Tips, what's happening? Sylvan, sorry. It's over. I don't know. Ah. Oh, it looks like the light fading. The light fading to reveal within the sarcophagus a, a small, almost... His skin almost looks like paper. His ribs are just showing out to the sky. This man looks broken and beaten down. He's got to be a hundred years old. Tibbs, Tibbs, is this the man we've been afraid of? My God, Sills. It is. Oh, no. And he's grabbed it. He's got the JWF championship. He's grabbed the championship and it's... 
Oh my god, Tibbs, it looks like he's draining its power, all color fading from the leather of the belt itself, the gold losing its luster, and oh my god, the man's standing now, the muscles growing on his form, he's growing larger and larger, hair pouring down his back, Tibbs, who is this? Tibbs, it's the Leviathan. Oh my god. Oh, but wait a minute. Tibbs, there it is, the music of Momoa Curry, the JWF champion. He may not have his belt, but he is still the god of this company as he rushes out to the ring, fighting away the druids and delivering a massive Momoan punch to Mojo Gruff, and Momoa Curry is fired up, Tibbs. I can only hope he can defeat his brother alone this time. Alright, but wait a minute, he's managed to rip the belt away. He's grabbed the belt away from the Leviathan, but... Oh no, Tibbsy's grabbed Momoa by the throat. The Leviathan has his fingers clawing into the very flesh of Momoa Curry's neck. And oh my, he's thrown Momoa Curry across the ring into the audience. Oh my God, Tibbs, Momoa's body broke apart those benches. And now, oh my God, Tibbs, Tibbs, he's coming for us. We gotta go, Tibbs, get out of here. Sales, get the We gotta do it. Um, okay, so the world's ending apparently in JWF, so that's fun apparently. I've, I've never seen a wrestling show with a full-on seance before, so that was great. But for now, Dylan, what did you learn this week? I, I learned that doing less is more in the WWE. And I learned that D&D fans are bigger heels than MJF if if unionized against one solid cause. So, um, where could... never been more popular. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, at, I'm at Dick and Stormy, where I've always been. And you can find our cohort, Blake Tanner, on Twitter at Blake A. Tanner, the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube, and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, buy all my books on Amazon, and make sure to go to a load of purebs.com and check out all the other BS Network programs, including the brand new show coming out this Monday, Me Again. It's a self-help <laughs> podcast about helping myself, and you can find it there at a load of purebs.com. One last thing about Chuck Taylor, he, uh, he, he tweeted, tweeted yesterday, I forgot about this. Uh, so scared that if I ever get in a real fight, I'm going to throw lame ass forearms and then give the other guy a chance to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. And of course, big thanks to Mega Ran for our song Fighters, our theme song that he might have gave to us. I don't know. Uh, he's going to be in Orlando at the beginning of November. I'm thinking about maybe flying down there if I have any money, which I probably won't. But yeah, he'll be down there and... We may go see him when he's traveling around Mississippi. He's got a big tour coming up, so make sure to go out and support the Mega Man, the Mega Ran. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fightboy Show Shooter, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!